Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Reverend Steve Andrews. Let's read from Numbers 13. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, every one a chief among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of Yahweh, all of those men, all of them men, who were heads of the people of Israel. And these were their names. From the tribe of Reuben, Shemua, the son of Zakur. From the tribe of Simeon, Shaphat, the son of Hori. From the tribe of Judah, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. From the tribe of Issachar, Egal, the son of Joseph. From the tribe of Ephraim, Hoshea, the son of Nun. From the tribe of Benjamin, Palti, the son of Raphu. From the tribe of Zebulun, Gadiel, the son of Sodi. From the tribe of Joseph, that is, from the tribe of Manasseh, Gadi, the son of Susi. From the tribe of Dan, Amiel, the son of Gamali. From the tribe of Asher, Sethur, the son of Michael. From the tribe of Naphtali, Nabi, the son of Vost, Vofsi. From the tribe of Gad, Guel, the son of Maki. These were the names of the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land, and Moses called Hoshea, the son of Nun, Joshua. Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, and said to them, Go up into the Negev, and go up into the hill country, and see what the land is, and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, and whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad, and whether the cities that they dwell in are all camps or strongholds, and whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are trees in it or not. Be of good courage, and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin to Rehob, near Lebohamath. They went up into the Negev and came to Hebron. Ahimon, Sheshai, and Talmai, the descendants of Anak, were there. Hebron was built seven years before Zon in Egypt. And they came to the valley of Eshkol and cut down from there a branch with a single cluster of grapes, and they carried it on a pole between two of them. They also brought some pomegranates and figs. That place was called the Valley of Eshkol because of the cluster that the people of Israel cut down from there. At the end of forty days they returned from spying out the land, and they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, We came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negev, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak who come from the Nephilim. And we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. This is the word of the Lord.
couple of things about the text today. First is the note that the account of the 12 spies that we have here is a familiar Sunday school account for most families. Uh, so this is one that your children have interacted with before, most likely. Um, but you get to share this with them some more and, and go into depth with them on the text. The second thing is we're, we're going to jump into the beginning paragraph. Again, you got all these names. And you can feel free to review the names with your kids. But the thing to ask them here is, out of these 12 spies, and focus on the 12 spies, not the tribes and not, their, not the fathers of the spies. So you might have to read through it a second time, just highlighting the 12 spies' names alone. Which of those 12 names do you recognize? My guess is they'll only recognize two of them. And the question becomes, why just those two? And the two names are going to be Caleb and Joshua. Joshua has been assisting Moses already, and Joshua is the one that Moses sends along as the representative of his own tribe. He's listed as Hosea in verse 8, but verse 16 is what helps us identify that it's actually Joshua. And then Caleb. So Caleb is mentioned again down in verse 30, giving a good report, whereas everyone else was giving the bad report. We're going to see more of this tomorrow in chapter 14. Um, as we see Joshua and Caleb both, again, take the stand uh, on the Lord's side of this thing. So God has promised this land to his people. And the only ones of these spies that we recognize by name are the ones who are faithful. I think there's something probably to that. Keep the promise in mind. Now, the distance here, they're traveling from Paran, and they're going to go up into the land that we would now know and call Israel today. And the city of Jerusalem would be from the wilderness of Paran, depending on where they are in that wilderness, you know, roughly 140 miles or so. And I don't know from the description of where they go, which is in verse 21 and 22 uh, and 23. I don't know if they actually make it to Jerusalem, if they make it quite that far. Hebron is a little to the southwest of Jerusalem. Uh, so their round trip here to go spy out the land and return, if they don't go all the way up the length of the nation that they're going to possess, which goes much further than Jerusalem, uh, probably double as far, their round trip is going to be at least 240 miles by foot in 40 days. That's not bad. I mean, six miles a day, when you think of it that way, is not that far to travel. Um, certainly some good exercise. But, you know, if they're traveling even at a, a gingerly pace of three miles an hour, it would only be two hours of travel a day to make that kind of a distance. Uh, and that's not bad by any stretch. Two miles. Two hours of walking a day. Yeah, three miles. I can do math. So they are instructed by Moses to check out the, the, the Negev, which is a reference to the drier country and then the hill country, and, and you know, examine the people and their cities. What, what are they living in? What are they like? Are they strong? And this is a military scouting uh, request or, or instruction. And you know, bring back some of the fruit of the land so that the people can see it. So they go, they do, they carry out that instruction of Moses pretty faithfully. Um, we get the reference to Anak. She's going to be covered down below as the people speak. Um, 
the, the spies give a report, I should say. So Anik is referred to as being the, the Nephilim. The Nephilim are mentioned back in Genesis chapter 6, verse 4, as these sons of God that the women of men uh, married with and had children. Uh, so these, these giant men, and we don't know much about the Nephilim. The Nephilim are a puzzle uh, to, to biblical scholars alike, um, but they're described here as being of great height. They're described as being giants, and they strike fear into the hearts of these spies and into the hearts of the people, as we'll see in our text tomorrow. So there's some doubt over the Lord's promise about whether he will be faithful and keep his word to them or not. They don't trust Right? As they're giving the report back to Moses in verse 27, um, they say the land flows with milk and honey, which is God's promise to them as early back as, as Exodus chapter 3, verse 8. Uh, those are two beautiful things. Uh, milk is a, a commodity. That's a rare thing because you can't keep it cold. Um, so you have to have it right away. And honey is like the sweetest dessert uh, that they know. So these are great things, and the land is abundant with them. But... People are strong. Cities are fortified. Very large. We have no chance. That's going to be their argument when you get to the next verse. Verses. Caleb's going to say we should go up at once, for we are able. Caleb is trusting in the Lord's promise from the very beginning. Verse 2. I am giving this land to the people of Israel. Trust in the promise. God is going to give it to you. Caleb trusts, as will Joshua tomorrow in our text. But the rest of the spies, the other ten, they don't. They say, we are not able to go up against this people. They are stronger than we are. And so they resist, they refuse. And that's, again, going to be our, our text for tomorrow. You can ask your kids here, who's right? Is it Caleb right, who's saying, let's go up at once, we're able to overcome it? Or are the ten spies right, that they're not able to overcome it, that the other people are stronger than they are? Interestingly enough, Either answer could be right, depending on how you explain it. If you say that Caleb is right, it's because he's trusting in God. It's not that Israel's stronger than the people of the land of Canaan. It's that God is. If you take the side of the ten spies, saying that you know the, those people are stronger than we are, we're not able to go up against them. If you say that they're right, it's because it would, well, it's not what they mean. They're not right in the way they mean it. But on, on the surface level, their words are correct. The people of Israel are not able to overcome the Canaanites. But again, God is, and God is faithful. He's promised, and he will do it.